Most people are familiar with the term doppelganger, but few are familiar with the mythology and folklore surrounding it. Today, we'll discuss why doppelgangers were seen as bad omens, some famous folk stories surrounding this apparition, and the time Abraham Lincoln saw his doppelganger, and how that might have predicted his death. Next, on Technically a Conversation. You're listening to Technically a Conversation, a podcast where we share an interesting topic or story with each other and hope you find it interesting as well. I'm one half of your host, Jose, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co host, Isela. How are you doing today? Doing fabulous. I'm loving this weather. It's rainy and gorgeous. How are you? I'm doing great also. Good. I'm not loving the weather so much because you know how I have rocks in my front yard? It looks like I have a lawn now, so that's going to be fun <laughs> cleaning that up. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> right now, though, if you act now, it's very like infomercial. If you act now, they'll come out like butter. Yeah, it'll just be a, a matter of finding the time to do it. This is true. Quick reminder about our contest before we get started. If you're enjoying our show, take two minutes to leave us a review. What should they do again, Isela? Pause this awesome podcast. Go to where you can review this podcast. Leave us a five-star review, if possible. (laughs) And take a quick screenshot. Shoot it on over to any of our socials. You'll find all the wonderful details at technicallyaconversation.com. You can't miss it. Big banner at the top. That's right. And once we get your review, we'll read it on the show. And once you get 25 reviews, we'll do a drawing and give the winner a sex. (laughs) Technically a Conversation t-shirt. So again, check out technicallyaconversation.com or the show notes for all the deets. And to those of you that have already left us a review, thank you. Thank you. And you guys kick ass. <laughs> Quick shout out to the queens, Elena and Erica, the Duke, Stephen B, and the Conscious Zoom Pod Podcast. Thank you for sharing our posts on your social media. Thank you guys so much. So helpful all the time. With all that business out of the way. (laughs) Ready to get started? I am so ready. Let's do it. Great. Let's get started. (laughs) (laughs) Isela, have you ever been told that you look like someone famous? Um, No, not really. I've had like pieces like, oh, you know this looks like this person or whatever. But no, not like, oh, you look like this person. Mm -mm. As far as famous people go, I've been told I look like a few famous people. (gasps) Tell. Let me know if you think any of these are accurate, okay? Okay. The first one is Howie from the Backstreet Boys. I think this one is a huge stretch, but my sister used to claim that I looked like him. Shout out super friend, Elena. Oh, I see it actually. If you were like super clean shaven, yeah, I can really see that. I don't think I do, but my sister used to insist. The second person, remember the movie The Mummy with Brendan Fraser? Mm-hmm. Okay, I had two friends on two different occasions tell me I looked like Odette Fair, who played Ardeth Bay in those movies. And on that one, aside from the long hair and beard, I don't really see the resemblance too much. Oh, well, the hair for sure. I mean, his curl size is exactly like yours. 
Oh, he's got like your forehead too. No, he kind of does. He's got like your forehead, like the shape of your forehead. And look at the shape of his nose. It's like pointy like yours. Yeah, the nose I can see also. Yeah. Wow. A former co-worker accused me of looking like Mexican banda singer Julian Alvarez. That last one, I can almost see the resemblance, especially when I shave my beard, which I don't like doing. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the eyes or the mouth or something, but he definitely looks like he could be related to me somehow. Oh, yes. I can kind of see it. That's funny. I think it's the eyes. But he also has like a pointy nose too. Like the, it's not bulbous or anything like that. Yeah. I'm famous for my pointy nose. Pointy <laughs> 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 wow. Yeah, I can see that for all three of those. And although my brother is not famous, unless he's been hiding something from the family, <laughs> a lot of people say that we look like twins, even though we're eight years apart. And while we do look like brothers, I don't feel we look like twins at all. You guys have a lot of similarities. The facial hair, you have the long hair, the eyebrows are almost the same. There's a ton of similarities. Even in like your laid back kind of personality. Hmm. That's good to know. Yeah. I think you're the first person that's called me laid back. Well, yeah. I think you're like super easygoing. If you were high strung, I think it would be really uh, be hard to be <laughs> friends with somebody like that. <laughs> okay. So you've never been told that you look like anybody famous. What about when you've gone out to a restaurant or a bar or some place like that? Have you ever been confused for somebody else? Yes. What was the experience like? Um, well, it was just a little shocking because I was like, uh, she kept saying somebody's name. Then I don't even remember it at the time. And then I was like, no, I don't know who you are. And she was like, oh, my. And then, you know, thankfully, she was really uh, apologetic. So that was really nice. But I kept like ignoring her. And I think she thought that I was ignoring her on purpose. I'm like, no, girl, like, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> it's interesting, that theory of. You know, everybody has a doppelganger somewhere or whatever. Yeah. When it comes to being confused with someone else, I can only recall it happening twice to me. In the mid to late 90s, there was a Peter Piper commercial with a dude that goes up to get a soda that looked remarkably like I did in the 90s. He even kind of dressed like I used to with a black t-shirt, jeans, a flannel. We both had the same haircut and goofy smile and face. <laughs> we even had the same kind of penguiny walk. I even did a double take when I saw that commercial, but I know it wasn't me because I don't know the shirts that guy was wearing. But I do remember getting calls from some of my cousins. Even one of my aunts called me wanting to know if that was me in the commercial. That's funny. And for those of you that might not know, Peter Power Pizza is a pizza joint with arcade games, primarily in the Southwestern United States and Mexico. The second time I was confused for someone was in my late teens or early 20s. Coincidentally, enough, there's another pizza connection. Oh. I had just gotten out of work and went to Great American Pizza to pick up some dinner. And the guy at the register came over and gave me a hug and started asking me when I got back into town and what I was doing there. I told the guy, I'm sorry, man, you had me confused with somebody else. And once the excitement wore out, he told me that I looked just like his brother. Oh. He was super cool. And he gave me the pizza on the house. And every time that I would go back, he would come out and hug me and call me his brother and would always hook me up with free pizzas. So as a young, broke college kid, I spent a lot of time there. <laughs> you started exploiting this fake relationship. <laughs> well, after the first, um, I guess, mistaken identity, 
uh, he realized that I wasn't his brother, but he would still joke around like, hey, brother, how's it going? Oh. <laughs> I think his brother's name was Jerry. So I think he would all call me Jerry. Hey, Jerry, how's it going? Or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's funny that it's also a J name. Yeah. That's very interesting. And, um, you know, unfortunately, this was a time before cell phones. So it wasn't like, hey, do you have a picture of your brother? I want to see how much we look alike or whatever. But Oh, that's true. Yeah, I'd want to know who's this person that looks like me. <laughs> so you just mentioned the term, Isela, doppelganger. Yeah. Do you believe that everyone has an identical twin somewhere out there that is not genetically related? I think it's possible. I just don't think they're going to be like the idea of like an identical twin. Well, the whole idea of a identical twin that's not genetically related, that's more of the modern definition of the term. And that's the one that most people are familiar with. And the genetically unrelated part is what separates this from a twin or a family member that looks similar. But are you familiar with some of the mythology associated with doppelgangers? Oh, I didn't even realize there is mythology associated. <laughs> wow. Um, so that's an easy no. Great. So that's what we're going to learn today. All right. The term doppelganger is a German word that means double goer. While modern day doppelgangers are really fun, especially when you see a viral social media post of people discovering their lookalike at an airport, or when you see people that look like celebrities, the folklore is what is really interesting. According to Britannica.com, link in the show notes, German folklore saw doppelgangers as a wraith or apparition of a living person. According to the mythology, there is an ancient and widespread belief that a spirit double or replica of every person, bird, or beast exists, but this replica is usually invisible. To meet one's double was a sign that one's death was imminent and was a common theme in horror literature. The example Britannica listed of this was the 1846 book The Double by Russian author Fyodor Dostoyevsky, in which a person is driven to madness by their poverty and unrequited love and sees this wraith or doppelganger who succeeds in everything they have failed in. The doppelganger eventually ends up disposing of and replacing his original. In an Atlas Obscura article by Tom Little, he elaborates more on the mythology and states that meeting your doppelganger was considered a bad omen, but it wasn't until you saw your own double three times that death would follow. While the actual term doppelganger wasn't coined until the 18th century, there have been myths of spirit doubles that have persisted for thousands of years. In ancient Egypt, they believed in the aspect of the soul known as the Ka, which was depicted as a spirit identical to the body. Europe and parts of Africa believed in changelings, which were thought to be supernatural children that were left in place of human infants. The Norse have a less sinister version of this called Vardogar, which would appear in a place before the person it resembled, making others believe that the original person had already arrived. The English and Irish of the 18th and 19th centuries spoke of the fetch, a double whose appearance, like the doppelganger, signaled death. Kind of gives a new meaning to the phrase, that's so fetch, which <laughs> means nothing to you if you never saw Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really interesting that you were mentioning that one of the cultures said it means death, but you're going to encounter death, like I guess on the third instance is what it sounds like. Correct. It was the third time that you encountered your double. It almost sounds like one of those where like, okay, if you meet 
you're double, you're going to die within whatever, so many days. And then it happened to somebody important and they're like, no, no, no. But then you got to meet them three times. (laughs) I don't know. Anyway. Out of that first part, or you were saying, reminded me of the seven days or whatever. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, the ring. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Now, the actual term doppelganger was first introduced in 1796 by German author Jean-Paul in a novel called Siebenkas, in which the protagonist pulls a parent trap with his friend and lookalike and exchange identities. Jean-Paul intended the term doppelganger to mean a meal where two courses are served at the same time. And another term he developed called doppeltganger with a T was meant to signify two people that have an uncanny resemblance. But after that novel, doppelganger became synonymous with any sort of double, and doppeltganger was quickly dismissed. And I get it, though. If I had to choose between a word that has a T or without a T, I would choose the word without it. Like the Germans, I don't fuck with T's either. (laughs) (laughs) I think I've never heard of the one with a T. It's not ringing any bells, but... I do like the term doppelganger as opposed to, it's just more fun to say than like, oh, I saw your twin today or something, you know. It is definitely a fun word. So let's go ahead and take a quick break. And when we return, we'll talk about rectal suppositories. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. We'll talk about the time Abraham Lincoln saw his doppelganger. Do you have a passion, obsession, curiosity? Welcome to The Nerd Expansion, a weekly podcast expanding the definition of nerd one interview at a time. Hosted by your new favorite weird couple, Nick Bowen and Sasha Weiss. Each week we interview a new guest who is a self-proclaimed nerd on topics ranging from ancient Egypt, musical theater, the New York City subway system, Pokemon, and many, many more. The more niche, the better. Being a nerd is less about the subject and more about how they feel about the subject. What is their nerd love's origin story? What fuels their passion? Where has their curiosity led them? Is it just an obsession or did it guide the trajectory of their future? Warning, the answers may shock you. Episodes are released every Tuesday and you can listen for free anywhere you get your podcasts. We appreciate your support in whatever form you can give. If you want to go beyond listening, visit our Patreon page for bonus content, blog posts, and even live chats at patreon.com slash thenerdexpansion. You can also help by following us on Instagram at thenerdexpansion, on Twitter at nerdexpansion, and subscribing, rating, and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. We are always looking for new interviewees to join the Nerd Expansion Pack. So if you have a great nerd love, don't hesitate to contact us via our website, www.thenerdexpansion.com, or email us directly at thenerdexpansionpodcast at gmail.com. Can't wait to have you join us and show us your nerdies! The Nerd Expansion! If you like all things spooky, then check out A Spooky Tales, hosted by us, Christina. And MJ, where we talk about all things spooky, paranormal stories, haunted places, myths, and legends. Listen to guests tell us their scary stories. 
and I hear them call me by, by my name. So I run into the kitchen to check and there's nobody there. And I start to like hear like my closet door start to open. Oh, hell no. Like, oh, my God. Inside. Oh, hell no. All of a sudden, for no reason, I woke up in the middle of the night. Like my eyes just snapped open. And it's that strange feeling that you have when something wakes you up. You and you don't know what has woken you up until you either see what it was or you hear whatever it was. There are new episodes every Friday. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at SpookyTales.com. And we're back. So Isala, did you run into your doppelganger during our break? I would really like to. That would be super <laughs> cool. Just as long as you didn't see it three times, right? Three, <laughs> three times later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever stop to consider, what if you're the double and someone else is the original? No, no. I'm always the OG. <laughs> I feel like I'm the double of the Peter Piper pizza kid and he's the original. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a little bit sad. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, before our break, I teased about Abraham Lincoln seeing his doppelganger. This story was in the Atlas Obscura article I mentioned earlier, as well as a History.com article. Reportedly, soon after he was elected president in 1860, he had seen his reflection doubled in the mirror. One image was a clear image, as one might see themselves in the mirror. The other appeared to be ghostly and pale, like me. <laughs> he had tried showing Mary Todd, his wife, the apparition, but it was never visible when she was present. Lincoln reportedly saw this double reflection two more times while trying to show his wife. Mary, who was very superstitious, was deeply troubled by this and predicted that it meant Lincoln would be renominated for a second term but would not live to complete it. Lincoln was assassinated in 1865 by John Wilkes Booth, a Southern sympathizer. Lincoln was 42 days into his second term. <laughs> what are your thoughts on that story, Isela? I think that's very interesting. I, I really don't believe in the whole, um, you see somebody three times and that means you're going to die. And especially now that she's just changing it to fit whatever it is that she wants to happen in this case. Oh, for sure. He's going to get reelected. Yeah. Everybody has hopes and dreams. So they're going to fit whatever they see into that being assigned for whatever being the positive of whatever they want. So do you think maybe it might have been revisionist history on Mary Todd's part? Maybe after her husband died, that's when she um, had that prediction and she kind of like backdated it a little bit. I mean, it's possible she had the prediction. I just don't know if now, because he saw his reflection twice, now that means he's going to get reelected. Well, I thought seeing your doppelganger twice meant you were going to die. In this case, she's like, no, 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 of course he can't die. No, no, no. It just means that he's going to get reelected. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think it's very possible that she had the prediction. I just don't know if that particular part would be the catalyst. That seems weird. It's definitely weird. Yeah, it's very interesting that 
she hit it right on the nose. Yeah, if true. Yeah, that would make her pretty accurate, I guess, at least when it came to that prediction. Unfortunately, Lincoln was reportedly very troubled by death. He had told his close personal friend, Ward Hill Lamont, that he had dreamt his funeral in early 1865. <gasps> in this dream, he heard people sobbing, so he left his bed and went downstairs into the White House East Room. Before him, there was a casket with soldiers guarding it. The corpse's face was covered. Lincoln asked one of the soldiers who had died and was told it was the president who was killed by an assassin. <clears throat> Two of Lincoln's sons also died in early childhood. One died at the age of four, and the youngest died during Lincoln's first term as president. It is said that he would often visit the crypt where the child was buried and would sit there for hours, weeping continuously. At the urging of Mary Todd, there were several seances held to try and communicate with Lincoln's sons to try and comfort the president, but they were unsuccessful and he only attended two of them. That's pretty sad. It is very sad. I knew that he had, I mean, I guess it was one of those things where people would always say that he had some type of depression. I don't know what level of depression, but I mean, after hearing those two things, that would only make sense that somebody would be suffering from depression. I mean, it just seems like natural grief. Sadly, it seemed like death followed him. You know, not even he was able to escape it. And I feel like he died very prematurely. I agree with that. It's just, but in this, at the same token, like nobody escapes it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But I, I had heard that his wife was very, very, um, like into, not just superstition, but like the whole supernatural. So she would like attend seances and stuff like that. That sounds kind of fun. I've always wanted to attend the seance. Yeah. It's like a human puppet show. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Throughout history. There have been numerous famous cases of people encountering their ghostly doppelganger. According to a liveabout.com article by Stephen Wagner, American author Robert Dale Owen told a tale of a French teacher named Emile Saki, who taught in an exclusive girls' school in what is now Latvia. In 1845, while Saki was writing on the blackboard, her exact double appeared beside her and precisely copied every move the teacher made, except that it didn't hold any chalk. Thirteen students in the classroom allegedly witnessed this event. In 1846, Sagi's double was seen multiple times. One of those times, 42 students witnessed it. Wow. Sagi had gone to the garden to talk to the headmistress when her doppelganger appeared in her chair. The real Sagi <laughs> could still be seen in the garden. Two girls approached the double and tried to touch it, but felt an odd resistance in the air surrounding it. <gasps> the double then slowly disappeared. Like into thin air? I guess. Oh, wow. <laughs> she, she went into this, uh, it sounded like she had some type of force field or something. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. 42 people, though. I think you can get like a group of five or six people to lie. <laughs> but I don't know if you can get 42 people to all corroborate the same story. That's very interesting. I'll refrain my thoughts on it. But I still thought that it was a great, interesting story. Yeah, it's very intriguing for sure. Another famous story is that a French novelist, Guy de Maupassant, <laughs> who was inspired to write the short story, Louis, or he, when his doppelganger appeared to him and started dictating the story that he was writing to him. He claimed to have had numerous encounters with this double. Towards the end of his life, 
he was committed to a mental institution after a failed suicide attempt in 1892. Massapan's visions of his doppelganger might have been linked to mental illness resulting from syphilis, which he contracted as a young man. Been there, brother. I hear you. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I don't know if you want to necessarily shout that out to the world, but <laughs> I'll let you decide if you want to cut that out or not. <laughs> no, I'm totally kidding. Okay, good. But of all these stories, I feel this one is the most credible. I can absolutely see that. From what I understand is that they do hear voices like plain as day, like right here, right here. So it's possible that you know, it felt like reality to him, but in reality, it was just that damn hooker coming back to him. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of hooker's past. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That'll learn you. The following story first appeared in a biography of English poet John Donne in 1675. According to the biography, Don claimed to have been visited by his wife's doppelganger while he was in Paris. What's up with all these stories being in Paris? <laughs> yeah. I think doppelgangers are only on that side of the pond. <laughs> it's weird because doppelganger is supposed to be German, but most of these stories are French. Yes. Well, I, I guess <laughs> Abe's was here in America, so we have one, I guess. <laughs> and he is honest Abe, so. <gasps> That's true. Honest, sad Abe. We should change that. I'm kidding. Yeah, he's like emo Abe. <laughs> okay, so again, Don claimed to have been visited by his wife's doppelganger while he was in Berry. <laughs> the double was holding a newborn baby. At the same time the apparition appeared to him, his wife was back home giving birth. Sadly, the child was stillborn. The biography was written 40 years after Don's death. And while Don's friend, Isaac Walton, told a similar story about this experience, some of the crucial details were different. So scholars questioned the authenticity of both claims. And before you ask Isela, unfortunately, those differences weren't provided in the article. Darn it. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> what do you think about that story? I like the idea of this baby is passing, but yet there's this other worldly, you know, maybe this parallel universe that we're getting a glimpse of it. And he wanted to show himself, I guess, technically, he wanted to show himself what the baby would have looked like, you know, something to that effect. That part is very, you know, it's got a sweet underlying kind of feel to the story. As far as authenticity, how is it that 40 years elapsed between, you know, from when he died to when it actually came out? Did he tell anybody that story? Was that just pulled out of thin air? I don't know. That's the part I guess I would like to know. Yeah, the fact that the biography was written 40 years after his death, I think it's really funny how you see all these uh, old rock stars now coming out with all these biographies. And you think, how is it that they can remember all those details? And I'm sure they remember <laughs> a couple of things here and there, and I'm sure... They kind of elaborate on them also. I'm sure whoever wrote that biography might have taken creative liberties also. Sure. That's why I'm glad that people like Dave Grohl, he's still alive and he's already making you know books about his life. Freaking great because I do want to know about really interesting people like that. And we get it straight from 
the horse's mouth type of thing. So now that we talked about the mythology of doppelgangers and famous doppelganger stories through history, let's come back to the present and talk about some celebrities and their famous doubles. Ooh. And you actually inspired me to cover this topic last week when you were showing me the video of Phineas with his girlfriend. So shout out to you, super friend Isela. Ooh, am I the super friend of the week? <laughs> yeah, why not? Isela, oh you're God. our super friend of the week. I am doing that whole little curtsy bow thing in case you guys can't see me. <laughs> I like how you do the thing with your skirt and then you... <laughs> <laughs> That's right, to the side. Yeah, yes. you tilt a little to the side, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> now, for those of you that might not know, Phineas is Billie Eilish's brother and writing partner. And I remember thinking uh, when you were showing me that video yeah. that Phineas's girlfriend looked like Costco Billie Eilish. And... <laughs> And it wasn't until you Googled it that you realized that many people online felt the same way also. Yes. So here are a few famous celebrity lookalikes. You're going to have to tell me if you think they look the same or if they look different. And since I have mild prosopagnosia and often confuse people, my opinion doesn't count. <laughs> okay. Now, for those of you that are playing at home, check out the last link in our show notes so you can see some of the pictures. If you're listening on Spotify, there will be a question asking which celebrities you think look alike. If you're not on Spotify, you can play along too by sending us an email or leaving us a voicemail. Both are in our show notes. Mm -hmm. If you call us, you don't have to worry about someone answering the phone. Isela's mom isn't going to pick up and take a message <laughs> for us. <laughs> I assure you, it goes straight to voicemail. So let us know what celebrities do you think look alike or you have trouble telling apart. All right, Isela. These are from Insider.com. Okay. Will Ferrell and Chad Smith. Oh, yes. That's actually a very well-known one. What about Jessica Chastain and Bryce Dallas Howard? <gasps> oh, yeah. She does look a lot like her. She's like the younger version of Jessica. Chastain. Weird. Yeah. All right. This one, I can't tell apart at all. I have to agree with the internet on this one. Okay. Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Javier Bardem. Yes. They do look a lot alike. I remember thinking this when I first saw him on The Walking Dead. He also played Thomas Wayne in Batman v Superman. Ah. Gerard Butler and Clive Owen. Oh, yeah, for sure. Of these four, those are the ones that I think look most dissimilar. No, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't, I don't think so. I thought they definitely do. Again, I have prospagnosia, so my opinion <laughs> means nothing. <laughs> okay. Okay, so these are some that are not on the list, but I have trouble telling them apart. Okay. And to be honest, I didn't know that they were two separate people until someone <laughs> pointed it out. Okay. So I'll tell you the name of who I think is the original. That'll be the first one. And the second name is who I think is the doppelganger. Okay. Bradley Cooper and Ralph Fiennes. I don't personally see it, but they both have blue eyes and they're both very white <laughs> and their <laughs> hair color is like the same so i could i can kind of see it but especially now that ralph Fiennes is a lot older he's losing his hair bradley cooper still looks amazing <laughs> call me bradley i'm just kidding <laughs> i'm kidding i'm kidding but 
I think now you should probably be able to tell the difference more. But yeah, in the younger years, I can see similarities for sure. I like that description for both of them. So they both have blue eyes and are very white. (laughs) I don't know how else. Sorry. Okay, this one I'm ridiculed to no end. Okay. Robert De Niro and Judd Hirsch. No, yeah. I can see why you're ridiculed. (laughs) I don't think they look... I don't think they look alike at all. Even their eyes are different. The size of their... No. They even have the same limey pumps on their face and everything. (laughs) They do. (laughs) Yeah, that one, I totally did not know Judd Hirsch existed. I always figured that was Robert De Niro. (laughs) You're like, did he get some work done? It's so weird. (laughs) I'm very ashamed to admit that one. This one, apparently the internet shares the same opinion on this one, so I feel a little bit better. But my brother always really kills me on this one. Jason Bateman and Jerry O'Connell. Jason Bateman. I know who Jason Bateman is. Jerry O'Connell is tall, though. Um, The guy from, like, what was that old Stand By Me, right? Yes, he was in Stand By Me. Uh, no. I don't think they look a lot alike at all. Like, one has really dark, very present eyebrows, almost like... Who's that old man with the super thick eyebrows? Pretty much any old man. Not, <laughs> no, because Jason Bateman's getting up there and his eyebrows are like, they're like light brown. Like Jerry O'Connell's are, I mean, those babies are, they're present and ready to learn. They're like, we're here. <laughs> and see, and stand by me, I always thought that it was Jason Bateman. Oh, okay. Jerry O'Connell is a new concept to me. Interesting. Interesting. Now, this one I can't tell apart just because of their age. But if you ever looked at side-by-side pictures of Mark Hamill and Sebastian Stan, Sebastian Stan looks like a deep fake Mark Hamill. (laughs) Deep fake. (laughs) Oh, yeah. When they were... Oh, my goodness. That's almost... Are they related? I don't think they are. Oh, my goodness. That even made me question. They look... So alike. That's eerie. I would want them to do a 23 in me. <laughs> <laughs> now, I already shared some of the celebrities that I can't tell apart. Are there any that you can't tell apart? Yes. Uh, there are. Well, I can tell them apart, but I saw the similarities a lot when I heard the podcast and they had mentioned um, Dax Shepard on Armchair Expert had one of his friends on, uh, also a famous actor, director. Oh my God, I just can't remember what the heck his name is. He's the guy from- um, From Scrubs? Yes. I encountered that one too when I was doing my research on this. I don't think they look that similar. Zach Braff, that's his name. They do look a lot alike. Not twins, but another one of those, like did their dad step out on one of the moms? <laughs> <laughs> That one I I did encounter too. And my brother says that they look alike also because I was sharing with him some of the doppelgangers that I was going to talk about on the podcast. And he also mentioned that one. Oh, see? I Okay. I'm glad I'm not the only person who sees it, but I definitely see it in some pictures that they do some side-by-sides. And of course, it doesn't help that, you know, their hair is like coiffed the same way and they have the same like navy blue suit and white shirt. So... All the other similarities are going on that are not even physical. (laughs) (laughs) I tell you, 
I have prospect nausea, so don't listen to my opinion when it comes to people looking the same. <laughs> Anybody else that you think looks very similar? Mm, I don't know if I look at actors and compare them to other people. I think I kind of take them for face value and I'm not really comparing them to other people. So I think that's the only reason why I knew about this one because someone had uh, someone else had mentioned it and I had to look it up and I thought, oh, shoot, they're absolutely right. But me, myself, where I thought, oh, yeah, they do look alike. Mm, I don't know if, I, if I've thought of anybody that looks alike. Uh, apparently, you're a better person than I am since I don't want to say that I compare people, but I think I get <laughs> confused by them. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I used to get confused with Isla Fisher and uh, there was another redhead. Amy Adams? Yes, thank you. I can tell them apart. Yeah, I can I can too, but at the beginning when they first started out, I was like, wait, which one is that one again? Yeah, my brother mentioned having trouble telling them apart also, but no, I can tell them apart, which is weird where how I'm affected by certain things, some prosbagnosia, but not others. That is very interesting. And there are a lot of other fun ones that you can Google of famous people that have non-celebrity doppelgangers. Like there's one of Shakira, her doppelganger. It looks like you're looking at the same picture. There's one of The Rock, there's one of Barack Obama, Meghan Merkel, your boy Elon Musk. He has a Chinese doppelganger that looks exactly like him. Very odd. It's funny how similar they look. Oh, wow. That's interesting. And then the Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey, also has a very uh, uncanny doppelganger. I could not imagine somebody looking like her. She's so, I don't know, she's so one of a kind. <laughs> No, you can tell it's just like some random person. It's not a, another famous person, but you can kind of tell they got the same plastic surgery and everything. So, ah, oh, I see. I think this person is kind of like um, aspiring. Yeah, she's more like uh, following in her and Mariah Carey's steps, I would say. Well, then that doesn't count. Like, I want to see how nature somehow, you know, tripped and fell and then they landed in the same, <laughs> the same lookalike pool or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Don't we all want to see that, Isela? <laughs> On that high note, we hope that you enjoyed the show and you join us again next week. If you're enjoying the show, leave us a review, tell a friend, and subscribe wherever fine podcasts are sold. Mm -hmm. Follow us on the socials at GreetingsTAC, email us at GreetingsTAC at gmail.com, or leave us a voicemail at 915-317-6669. If you have a story to share with us. Or if you just want to say hello. Or if you want to let us know what celebrities you can't tell apart. Yeah, I'd like to know. Or if you've ever taken a dive in the pool of life, let us know also. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> no, <I'm>... <laughs> <laughs> That's great.